HR professionals, business owners, and operations at all levels are struggling to figure out what needs to change. Our system has been shocked, practices have been questioned, and conversations are finally happening. We all know there has been a huge shift in what people want. Inclusion and diversity are common phrases, but often misunderstood. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about what's important for employees to be successful in life and at their job, and how companies can create an environment to allow them to do both. Because successful people will make up a successful workforce. I'm Leanne Lovely. Let's get this conversation started. I have an awesome guest on today, Dan Stick. Dan was born and raised in Brookfield, Wisconsin. As the son of a solo practicing dentist and an educator, he grew up in healthcare and saw firsthand the peaks and valleys of running your own small business, as well as garnered the passion to share knowledge and assist in educating individuals on difficult topics. Dan graduated from the University of Wisconsin La Crosse and attended Marquette University for graduate school. During his time at Marquette, he was drawn into the world of healthcare, specifically managed care, and started a career in healthcare administration, first starting on the insurance side and moving to the provider side. Dan negotiated multi-million dollar contracts with some of the largest names in the Wisconsin healthcare industry. After over 13 years in the healthcare administration, Dan chose to shift his focus to financial planning and has built a practice focused on working with small businesses, pre-retirement age individuals, and medical professionals. He enjoys educating and presenting on all topics related to retirement planning, including social security timing, long-term care planning, retirement income planning, and financial basis. Dan earned his Certified Fiduciary Plan Advisor designation through the National Association of Planned Advisors, increasing his knowledge of qualified and non-qualified retirement plans for businesses. He has a passion for assisting business owners and offering their employees quality options for planning, educating opportunities, as well as working with the owners for their succession plans. Dan is licensed to practice in multi-states, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and South Carolina. I'm excited to have this great conversation with um, a brilliant um, individual and um, someone who has become um, a, a friend. Stick Financial Partners and Futurity First, Securities America, are separate entities. The information presented here today is not specific to any individual's personal circumstance and is not intended to provide investment, tax, legal, or retirement advice or recommendations. Um, to the extent that the material concerns tax matters, it's not intended to be written to be used or cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by the law. Um, so the materials that were presented today are for general information and educational purposes based upon publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. Um, the information in these materials may change at any time without notice. And securities are offered through Securities America uh, Inc., member FINRA slash SIPC, Stick Financial Partners and Securities America companies are separate entities. Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you. Why not Thank you. Yeah, yeah, this looks great. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, well, again, thanks so much for for setting this up. I'm I'm super pumped to be able to talk to you, and it's always nice to just 
have fun conversation, right? So, um, yeah, so I, I run my own financial planning practice. It's called Stick Financial Partners, and we're located in New Berlin, uh, Wisconsin, where I live with uh, my wife, Carolyn, and our three kids, um, Lily, David, and Lauren. And um, we we love the community and, and uh, just just love being a part of that. And, and you know, it's uh, it's kind of it's funny, like I grew up in Brookfield and I literally migrated five minutes south to New Berlin. Right. So everybody talks about moving other places. <laughs> I moved five minutes away from where I grew up, but uh, I just love the area. I love Milwaukee, love Wisconsin and, and just really happy to stay here and build a career out of it, you know? So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's funny. Um, we all complain about the weather in Wisconsin yet us lifers, um, we stay and, and deal with the, the winters and the, the tundra that is Wisconsin. And then we enjoy the two or three months of blaring, blistering hot summer. And then we go back and complain about the crappy weather, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, this week, like it's gotten up to 80, 85, 88. And, um, you know, and like three weeks ago, we had a chance for snow. So we got through our 10th month of winter and now we're dealing with summer. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, it's kind of funny too, Leanne, like, you know, being a, a business owner, taking a day off is, is difficult, right? Because mm -hmm. it's just you. And so I was able to take a day off on Wednesday. I took my daughter with, I went with her class actually as a chaperone to old world Wisconsin for their field trip. And, uh, it was awesome, but I was literally dreading being outside in 88 degree weather in right. like old, you know, old homes from when Wisconsin became a state and, and all of that. And I'm going, oh my gosh, you know, like, why am I complaining about this? It was like 20 degrees a couple months ago. And I, I wasn't complaining about that. So. Right. Right. We, well, and the, you don't going outside, you know, when it's 20 degrees, you're like, okay, you got to bundle up, got to cover my face because I might get, you know, ice on it if I don't and then when it's 80 degrees nice out beautiful and what in California that's their that's their winter <laughs> right right oh I know and here we are like lathering up on sunscreen right away because we haven't gotten our quote-unquote you know base layer right and all that stuff which I I don't know about you but I never get a base layer anymore because it's like I don't know. I don't get to spend as much time out in the sun anymore. No. So come September, I still look as, as, you know, like I still get sunburned. So I'm like, right. oh, my God. So no, I have two. I have two colors. I have extremely white and red. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And my my wife, she's, you know, she's like the one who's, you know, well, you don't want to get you don't want to get skin cancer. You don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that. So. Yeah, I mean, we are like lathering up our kids before they get outside every single day. So yeah. we oh, yeah. like I, I seriously I, I you know, and this don't don't construe this as a stock tip. Right. But I sh really should buy stock in some kind of, um, you know, like banana boat or something like right. that, because I, I, th I think I spend a good majority <laughs> of our dollars and in disposable income on oh, yeah. skincare products during the summer. It's it's nuts. Well, here's the thing that I do. I, I lather my daughter up. To the point where she's like, stop, stop. And then I set the bottle down with the intent of coming back to it and putting it on myself. But I'm still chasing, you know, the moving target, of course, because she's yeah. five. The moving target trying to make her look that she doesn't have like white goop all over her. And then we'll rush and we'll get in the car and go somewhere. And my husband will look at me and go, you put sunblock on, right? And I go, oh. well, I put it on our daughter. 
great. We'll see now you. I'm going to be red for the next <laughs> week. So you yeah. did, you did the real responsible thing, right? right? As a parent, you took care of the kids you're supposed to be taking care of, but you you know, it, it, so often, right, as parents and in life in general, right, not to get all philosophical here, but we always take care of other people, mm -hmm. but we really need to take care of ourselves. And that just goes to that point, too, right? We're always worried about them, right? but we don't necessarily worry about putting that stuff on our face. And like you said, yeah, now you're going to deal with being red, looking like a lobster <laughs> for a week. You know, it happens. Well, so. this, this is actually a really good transition into what, you know, why I brought you on now that we've, you know, just kind of gone off a, a little clip here. It's all right. This is a really good transition into why I asked you to come on the podcast today. It's something that's utterly important about, you know, as an employee that's transitioning or as a business owner, um, you know, you work with a lot of individuals who are on the move. And it's true. Sometimes it is secondary to take care of ourselves. But one of the most vital, important things is that we <clears throat> take care of our money, right? Right, right, right. And it, it's it's true. You know, I think that's that's the thing where we we're as as people in general, right? And I can't I can't talk about this for everybody, but I would say a majority of people care about others before they care about themselves, and they're always trying to do other things. Um, you know, and they're trying to take care of family members and, and things, and they're not necessarily always taking care of themselves and kind of keeping a weather eye on their future, you know, and that's, that's really, I think when it gets down to it, the core of, 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 a, of, of what we do as advisors um, is really try to keep people on a path. We're kind of an unbiased third party that, you know, meets with people and kind of draws out and asks questions like, well, what are your goals? You know, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? When do you want to retire? When, you know, those kinds of questions. And I think people have these ideas in their minds, but they don't, it's not something you bring up, right? Like, it's not something, I don't know, you know, you're not just sitting around on a Friday night having a beer with your friends and saying like, hey, you know, like, uh, well, how much do you have in your retirement account? But, but we, I, I don't know, we just don't, we, we, uh, unless you're really close with people, you don't do that. But even with your spouse or significant other, uh, partner, loved ones, anything. You don't have those conversations on a day-to-day -day either. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why it's important because those can be tricky conversations to navigate, right? Right. And, and so, you know, I'll tell you, sometimes my job, I feel like more like a counselor, right, than really an advisor because I'm coming in and kind of drawing out questions. And um, that's why when there's, there's two people in a financial relationship, I want to meet with both of them. You never want to just meet with one or the other. Because there's a lot of questions that are asked and we need to really draw that out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's a really important thing. I mean, I think finances and financial wellness can lead to mental wellness. Um, and, you know, we talk about that. We just got out of mental health month, right? That was the month of May. And there's really been a push, which has been fantastic in the United States to talk about mental health. But a huge part of that is financial health. And I'm not talking about having to be a millionaire and have so much money that you don't know what to do with, but living paycheck to paycheck or freaking out where your next thing is coming from, or how am I going to pay for this? How am I prepping for this? How am I going to retire? All that stuff, right? It leads to a lot of anxiety, which puts us right back into May into mental health awareness, right? So I think a huge component of that is, is talking about it. And 
that's what we do. We're unbiased third parties, right? We come in, we, I want to know everything. I don't want to know, you know, if you don't tell me stuff, how can I diagnose what's wrong? Right. Well, and, and here you, you know, you said a couple of things here that, that, you know, kind of sparked one, what are the number one triggers for, you know, one mental health, but also for a marriage falling apart? I mean, and that is a huge life altering event. It's, conversations or arguments start with money right right constantly and 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 i'm not trying to pretend i'm a marriage counselor or anything like that um but i think it's it's just a key component right we have we have different advisors and we have different people in our lives right and i have different partners that we work with on, on all these pieces and it's about having all of those tools in your toolkit right for success um, we're just a small cog and a small part of that, mm-hmm. but there's other pieces, but I'll tell you, right? Like you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. And if you're not having those conversations, other parts of, of your relationships, your marriage, your future, your financial wellness, your mental wellness, all that stuff's going to fall apart. Right? right. Cause you, cause if there's one weak spot, that weak spot is going to be pulled and, and tensed. And before you know it, you're in trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. So well, and it is, I mean, not having, if you have a relationship where one person, and, and I'm going back to, you know, you want to talk to, 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 you know, both parties who are involved. Right. If you have one person who has no understanding of the finances in the home, it, there, that's right there is a, is a, is, a, could potentially be an issue in some cases, in other cases, <laughs> One takes care of the finances, the other does other. Th- I mean, it's that's it sure. could be a slippery slope, but so it is. It is, yeah. And you and you have to filter that out, right? Every situation is different. You have to feel around all of that, but still, when decisions are made, very rarely do I want you know. I mean, like I should say never, but there are situations sometimes where things are made, you know, without the other spouse there or loved one, whatever, right? Is you know. Um, partner but you know it's like i said it's very very rare in fact i can't even remember the last time that we that 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 happened mm-hmm. so um it's just important because it's it, it opens up those line of communications even if they say i don't want to know it well what happens in case somebody passes away or there's an emergency situation or god forbid you know any of that that happens <laughs> now all of a sudden you've got a party who you know quote unquote was disinterested before or whatever but now all of a sudden they're thrown to the forefront and they've got to figure it out. They've got to pick up the pieces. And that's, you know, that's what I, I tell people too, you know, and, and that even goes for, for older individuals who, you know, who, who have their kids involved in their, their lives and their, their futures as well, too. It's important to share that information as long as they're trustworthy and you can trust them to do that and do the right thing and act on your behalf. Um, you know, something happens to, to your parent or your grandparent or, aunt or uncle and all of a sudden you know you're grabbing at loose ends trying to find things and when most of that can be done up front mm-hmm. uh beforehand you know not everything but geez you know at least you know where 80 percent, 90 percent of things are mm-hmm. i tell people I, I give seminars a lot leanne and i talk to people about long-term care planning and other things and i said you know one of the best gifts that you can give to your family is the fact that they won't have to make decisions on your future going forward mm-hmm. right so like if you you have things set, you know, power of attorney for healthcare things, so they know your end of life issues, all that stuff, you know, God forbid you have to make that decision in a tense moment 
when you know already what that mom said, you know, hey, no extra extreme measures. That's like such great peace of mind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, and, and it goes down a little different tangents, but I think that's as a role as an advisor, that's what we do, right? We talk about the what if scenarios, right? But all of that is in, you know, there, there's a couple definitives in our world, right? One, we're getting older every day, right? Two, eventually we're going to die. I'm getting well, older. Well, okay. All right. Well, you found the fountain of youth. If you can share the address for that, I'll, I'll more than happily jump in at okay. first. But, but death is undefeated as well too, right? So we, we're all going to die. And it's kind of how you plan your olding, you know, aging years. But then also, what do you want to do? with the states? What do you want to do with that kind of stuff? What are your wishes? How do you want to affect the next generation positively? Um, all that stuff, right? These are discussions that you have because, again, the more that you pre-plan, the less of an emergent situation it becomes. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and just having this conversation reminds me why people don't want to have this conversation. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's, and, and I'm, you know, I'm laughing while I say this because, you know, I have, obviously, I've, you know, my husband and I have all of the pieces put together. We have our, you know, will, our power of attorney, all of that stuff is set out. And I remember how uncomfortable it was. You know, we put this obviously all in place when we had our daughter. It was like, okay, we've put this off long enough. We should do this. Um, and I remember how uncomfortable it was where it was like, oh, okay, well, what are your wishes? What are your wishes? What do we do with our money? Right. Where does this all go? Who's going to be the power of attorney? And I remember when I called my brother and I was like, I need you to come over and sign some paperwork. And he's like, what paperwork? And I'm like, well, it's my will and my power of attorney. And he's like, oh, God, really? And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> but right. it needs to be done. Like, at oh, this, it's... it's, it's, but you're everything that you just said. I, if, God forbid, my husband and I were to be together and, and die, one, I don't, I don't want there to be a single question as to, where right. my money goes and where my daughter goes. And I should have said that in a different order. Where my daughter goes and where <laughs> my money goes. Right, right, Because, right. and it's going to, obviously my money goes with my daughter, but whoever's taking care of my daughter has got that money so that they can take care of her and hopefully have, you know, money continue to save you know, for her when she's 18. But those are wildly, wildly important aspects. And I mean, it... As... We don't want to. We don't want to talk about those scary right. things, right? We right. don't. And and you know, a mentor of mine previously had always said, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? And it's true because that's part of my job, and that's part of everybody's job. Whenever you get out of your comfort zone and you feel uncomfortable, that's when you accomplish the most, I think. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, we're fearful of that. And again, that that goes into everything in life, but especially in this, because these are just. I mean, we have to ask these questions. And again, I, you know. I'll read the disclaimer here at the end of everything for me, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not acting as a legal professional. I'm not acting as a tax professional or any of those things. And we have partners that we work with on all of that. But again, it's just drawing out those questions on finding whether or not what people's wishes are. Cause I can tell you, I mean, when's the last time somebody asked you like, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your goals? Like people don't ask that, right. Unless you have a really good group, group of friends or family or whatever, you know, and maybe you'll ask that, but it very rarely happens because you're in the grind, right? And you're, mm -hmm. you're constantly worried about the next step, the next day, the next this, the next that, where's the next client coming from? Where's the next meeting? You know, I got to get to my kids. Like we, we were just chatting about this 
school's ending soon. Like, what are we going to do with our kids? Right. Like, Oh my God, we got to figure this out. They, they get, we get, we get eight hours of care every day now at school. Right. And all of a sudden now we got to figure out what we're going to do with them for the summer. You know? So <laughs> maybe, maybe we can just all drop them off like at the same park and they can all just uh, entertain yeah, each other. Lord of the fly style. Just let them, just let them go. Lord of the flies. They'll, right. so, they'll elect a leader somehow. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. So, <laughs> we'll just erect walls around them so that we know that perfect. they can't go anywhere. Keep they may them... not want to come home though. After right. that, we'll walk in. They'll all have weapons that they've shimmied out of, like I don't know, rocks and sticks. We're staying. Throw in the food. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man, I know. You know, the funny part is, is they're so fiercely independent. You yeah. know, but then. At certain points, all of a sudden, they, when they need you, you know, then they come crawling back and they they want to do their own things. And I don't want to do this. I don't want to put my shoes on. But then all of a sudden, Dad, can you help me put my shoes? On? You know, I mean, it's just it's it's so funny how that that happens. Um, but that's because again, there's this inherent trust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what it is. They know that at the end of the day, no matter what they say or do to us, we still love them, <laughs> and you know. And, and that's where you find people in your life like that as well, too. I mean, and, and not that I have clients that are coming in and, you know, being like, I don't want to put my shoes on or they're yelling. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like I'll, I'll have a conversation every once in a while, like, hey, you know, perhaps we want to look at life insurance for the situation or disability insurance or, you know, have you thought about um, a rollover here or there or whatever, right, of, of assets. And, you know, every once in a while they'll leave and they'll be like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden they'll come back a few months later and say that, you know, maybe we want to move forward with this. So again, it's, but it's because, you know, this term gets thrown a lot around a lot, Leanne and, and, you know, fiduciary, right? Like we hear that in, in my industry, you know, what is it being a fiduciary? And people use that in advertisements and everything. And you know, we're supposed to all be fiduciaries. I, I can't imagine somebody acting in our, in our role as not being a fiduciary, but we're acting in our client's best interest, right? Mm-hmm. So from a monetary perspective, that's what we're supposed to do. And um, protection-wise, asset-wise, anything like that, we're supposed to, it's not supposed to be to the benefit of us, it's supposed to be to the benefit of the client at the end of the day. It's really what it, it draws down to. And um, I think if you keep that central in mind, you know, and it's it's kind of like, how we take care of our kids too. Like it's to the benefit of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times we, we sacrifice things in our own life for the betterment of our own children. And I'm not trying to say my clients are children, but we, we, you, they are, that that's how you treat it, right? You want to see them succeed and um, push them towards success. And so, you know, that there's a lot of, a lot of, of things that go along with that, but it is part of that whole journey, you know, and it's a growth and it's a relationship. It's a long-term relationship, hopefully, You know, hopefully it's not transactional. Hopefully what you want it to be is something that lasts for a long period. I don't, I can't imagine having a transactional relationship with your financial advisor. It just doesn't seem like it would be beneficial to the person going to the financial advisor. I mean, it just, unless you specifically need help with one thing, like, hey, I just need you to help me do xyz or well there and but, there are certainly there are those situations you know i mean because you know at the end of the day too i'm not trying to always replace what somebody has in place what i'm trying to do is is kind of enhance what they have and okay. i work with other advisors and, and and help um 
you know, help place some of their clients into insurance products and different things that maybe they don't focus on. Okay. Um, so again, I, you know, we, we partner on certain things, but at the end of the day, it's, it's part of a, a conglomerate, right. Or a group of, of, mm -hmm. of people that you, you find your, your area of expertise. And I think that's, that's something too. Um, again, I, I can't be um, everything to everybody, right? And I don't think anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. But especially even in our profession, you know, we have to find what we're good at and what we know, what we like to do, the clients, the type of situations. And we also have people that we have to refer out to if we if it comes to a situation where we don't necessarily do that. Um, so that's where I think, you know, a lot of people in our in our industry have an adversarial relationship. And I think there's so many ways that we can work together because, again, at the end of the day, we're trying to take care of people's financial futures. And there's a lot of opportunity out there because people just aren't prepped very well for their retirement. So um, I, I find, again, that working with other people and, and, and finding ways to collaborate just makes a heck of a lot more sense than always being, you know, kind right. of pounding at each other and, and competing for everything. Right. So... <clears throat> I have a, a specific question that, you know, obviously sure. you know, this this season I've been talking a lot about, you know, employee retention, um, recruitment, all that kind of stuff. However, uh, with that being said, a lot of employees are on the move. Um, right. And with employees being on the move, um, that leaves a, a gap um, for you know, some some things that need to be handled and handled properly, which is you know, 401ks, employees been at a company, they have a 401k. And I've heard it said, and, and this is where it's scary, because I, I, I know enough that this isn't right. But I don't know all the, you know, all of the fine details around it. Um, you know, people have said, well, you know, my 401k is it's secure, it's fine, it's sitting there. Why do I need to move it? And, and I know enough to say, well, no, no, you don't want to just have it sit there. So, why is it vitally important to make sure. sure that you're handling that 401k that's, you know, sitting in, what is it, what is the big one, Fidelity or wherever it's sitting, you know, do you, <clears throat> I'm assuming that you work with a lot of employ employees that are on the move and we, to right. help them guide what to do with that chunk of money. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great question. And thanks for bringing that up because it is, um, it's an important thing, right? So most people think of there's this magic number out in retirement accounts. It's 59 and a half years old. And that's when you can start drawing money out of that without paying a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Okay. So I think when we, we think of that's the first thing. So a lot of people think that they have to leave assets there until 59 and a half because they can't pull them out. They're going to pay this 10% penalty. And that's not really the case, right? So if you have left a job or you've left previous jobs and you, you may have multiple 401ks, how I refer to them is they're, they're kind of orphan 401ks, right? Mm -hmm. They're there. You're not, you're, you're, you're not contributing to them anymore. Um, they're under the previous company's platform. And quite honestly, they could be in wrong investment strategies for you at that time, or they could be in, uh, they could be in the same fund even, but they could be multiple amounts in different funds, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to talk to somebody, a professional like myself, who can can kind of look at all those things. But when when you leave a job, whether through your own or whether you're you're fired um, or or you you leave uh, or terminated, I should say terminated, but you terminated or you leave on your own, 
um, it, it's a triggering event. And what that allows you to do, it is it allows you to access the 401k and move it through an, they do a rollover is what they call that into a separate account into a different account. And you're not accessing the dollars for your own use. You're not paying the tax penalty and you're not paying the normalized tax rate on it. You're actually moving it into a, a separate account. And we do this a lot because then it gives you a little bit more control on how you want to invest those dollars. Every company that you're with has a set investment strategy within their existing 401k, 403b, um, any of the other retirement accounts that they may have. And that platform, while it's 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 good for the people because you can contribute something in, it's a great benefit to have, it may not fit your personal objectives, right? So um, especially as you move on. So it is important to have that conversation and be able to roll it out of there, roll over into um, another account. And like I said, it gives you control over that. So then, you know, you can set it up as a as a personal IRA and contribute to that as well too. keep contributing to it um, and maybe cut down on some of the fees and everything that are associated with having your own personal IRA. Um, again, you can't contribute back to a company that you were a part of. Mm -hmm. um, you need to, you, you know, in order to access those dollars, pull them out. But it, it is a good question because, again, I think people there's this big misnomer out there, too, like unless it's a, an employee stock purchase option. A lot of people think, well, you know, I'm getting this 401k through work and it's invested in that company. And it's like, no, it's not, you know, like if you worked for a lot and I, I don't want to name any large companies, but you know, if you worked for XYZ corporate corporation, right. And they had a 401k, it's not like those 401k dollars were going in to buy stock of XYZ company, right. They were going in to buy a particular mutual fund. So people in their head, I hear this all the time. People think, wow, you know, the XYZ company is doing great. I got to keep my dollars there because it's performing so well. And it's like, no, that has very little, if nothing to do with, with what your investment strategy is through there. Mm -hmm. So interesting. And if it's, and if your 401k is sitting there and the company, like you said, the company is not <clears throat> investing those dollars, you know, properly, or they don't have somebody managing that 401k properly, you could potentially just have your money sitting there and, and really not performing for you at all. Yeah. And again, it's not, it's not necessarily um, maybe that they're managing them wrong. It's just maybe that they're, every company has to pay fees in order to have um, particular investment strategies on their platform. Okay. And so it's, it's extra again. And I, you know, that, that gets into a whole different thing because there, you know, there are companies that have, um, 401ks that that have been set up and they've never been touched. And, and we come across that a little mm -hmm. bit. And I work with businesses to do that as well, too. Um, you know, we look at plans that maybe aren't performing to their highest. And we and, I, you know, how we find these plans, right, is I'm talking to somebody who used to work there or a client. And I look through this and say, yeah, you know, we might want to look at the the whole overall picture of this plan. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with if employee contributions are low or, performance is low or any of that kind of stuff. And those are all indicators that I can look at. Um, but realistically, like I said, for the individual, the biggest part is, is it gives you control over those dollars that you can take a little bit more risk or you can take less risk. You can move those dollars into something else instead of it just being on the platform that the company has. So the company's platform may be great, but it also just gives you more flexibility right. to move it off of that platform. Interesting. That's and that's yeah. I mean, it's it's good to know that because it, so, some of the myths that are out there 
um, are, are, I'm blown away by, um, you know, I've been, I've heard, you know, well, I, I shouldn't move that because again, some of the things that you, you just hit on and I'm like, wait, what, why, why would you keep it? You know, or, yeah. you know, you, they've moved jobs five or six times and they have five or six accounts sitting out there. So they could roll it into a Roth, an IRA, a whole gamut of different. Correct. Right. My understanding. Right. Yeah. And, and again, there's there's different reasons that you could do that. And every situation is, is different. So I can't give a blanket statement that right. you'd want to be uh, want to move it. But yes, from like, you know, from a tax perspective, perhaps you want to look at and see if you can open up a Roth and you can use some of those dollars and and convert it into a Roth and pay the taxes now, knowing that in retirement, the, that that money and principal will grow um, tax free and you can access it tax free mm-hmm. in retirement. So um, you know, that, that's a big difference too. And, and again, Leanne too, with all the changes, there's, there's so much stuff happening in this realm on the 401k side and retirement uh, planning side, a uh, retirement plan side from the federal government level. Mm-hmm. Um, people are realizing that we're in a crisis, right? We have, we have, uh, I think it's 10 to 15,000 people a day turn 65. Okay. Like going forward, that's, that's a huge number, right? When you think about it. So that's, that's the traditional age of retirement. Now we all know that social security timing retirement now is about 67. Um, so most people are working between 65 and 67 and they're retiring at that point, but they're not, many of them don't have assets. Their, their biggest asset that they're thinking of is social security. And then they do have some retirement assets, but they don't have a lot built up. So now the government is is stepping in and, you know, with the SECURE Act 2.0 and other things that are coming through. And again, this is a lot of gobbledygook that people might not understand. But that's, again, that's why you talk to a professional, right? Because they, they, we monitor this. They, they look and there's contributions that are now going to be made automatically when you first started a job. So you're going to have to opt out of a 401k instead of opting in. Like you used to have to wait. There was a waiting period of 60 days, 90 days, a year, whatever the company set up. It's changing that because there is a crisis. And that's because of, you know, we've heard talk of Social Security possibly going away, drying up. And and so am I correct in that? I mean, we've we've heard whispers of this for for years. Right. And we hear that. And and the the official unofficial answer on that would be it'd be political suicide to take it away. So they will find something. It could be limited. It could be changed. These are kind of the the things and what we hear over and over again. But yes, you're exactly right. in the fact that the government is trying to solve a problem by creating a solution. And are they creating a solution? Are they creating a problem? I mean, that's kind of your question, right? Right. Um, now people are coming in, they start a job and on day one, they're going to be contributing into a retirement account. What if somebody leaves after two months, three months, five months? Now we're going to have a lot of those, what do I call them? Orphan 401ks, right. right? We're going to have a lot of those sitting around in different places. And so um, there's going to be a lot of work to be done. Um, but that's where, again, with all these changes, some of that, some of this depends, you, you know, you're going to have to make sure that your plan, if you're a business owner, a uh, small business owner, especially, Right, who who may or may not be getting all the management on this plan, you're going to have to make sure that your plan is compliant going forward with the federal rules. And you know, I think there's a lot of things that should be done now before you know if they're coming down the pipeline and we know that this is happening. 
why wouldn't we want to change them now versus waiting until the 11th hour, right? Because right. that's what a lot of, I mean, I don't know about you. I've been a procrastinator a lot, a lot in my life. And thank God that hasn't rolled on to my kids because I swear I can't get my daughter to not do her homework right away. It's pretty impressive. But, you know, for things like this, you just do not want to procrastinate because all of right. a sudden it'll be a, it's going to be a block of everybody trying to get everything done before they need to be done. Well, they, they always, that's always the way the government. It's people. Well, right, but it's people too. Like, right, we don't, we know, we don't want to do anything till the last minute. Right. Well, so we I, absolutely have to. Well, and I'm opposite. Like, I, I will start formulating like how I'm going to finish something before I even have the go ahead to do something. I'm, but I'm the, I'm the, the weird one. I've been told, anyways. My husband's like, "Why are you trying to solve a problem before the problem actually exists? We don't even know that that's going to be the problem." And I'm like, "But I'm getting ready for it." Right. He's like I'm right. not sure. He's like, "I'm not sure that that's a good thing." And I'm like, "Well, I just want to be ready." Like, yeah, I, but the I blame thought... I blame my dad for that. By the way, <laughs> we can't run from our genes, right? We can't run from who we are. Right. I always tell people, you know, like, remember, people always say, like, you know, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, my apple tree must have been on a hill because it tried to roll away and all it did was roll downhill right into the stump. Like I'm right back to, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm my family to a T, right? So yeah, remember Uh, that apple tree on a hill. That's me. So yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent like there's been times where my husband's like, what's wrong with your dad? And I'm like, he, I remember here's one here. Here's a really good. So my dad, his trunk got stuck closed. And so he was really frustrated with this and it was just his trunk just got stuck. So he, he was supposed to come over and hang out for, you know, a couple of minutes to say hi. He literally, and I think he was dropping off our daughter. He literally drove in, took our daughter out of the car, dropped her off, said, okay, I got to go and left because he was so frustrated. He drove to the quick, the closest gas station and just started messing with his truck because he just, that's his mentality, but that's my mentality. Like my husband called me and he goes, you know, the, the generator is not working and I'm on my way home. I walk in the door, say hi. And I go directly out to the generator and my husband goes, what are you doing? Like, well, you said it wasn't working. He goes, right. Yeah. It's like dinner time. Like you don't have time to do this right now. And I'm like, why did you call me then? (laughs) You shouldn't have told me until I had time to do it. Because in my brain, like if, if there's an issue, I have to do it that second. There is no, (laughs) that's just the way I'm wired. That's me, like, you know, the other day, right? It got hot here, right? As we mentioned way back before, it got hot all of a sudden. So we put our air conditioning on and the air conditioner was not performing as well as it should. So clearly there was something going on. So again, I do not pretend to be an HVAC repair person. I I don't play one on TV. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. But I know enough things as being a homeowner for, you know, decade, right? Like, you know, like you got to take care of certain things. So I go out and I'm cleaning off all this stuff and I'm doing as much as I know how to do. And I check the filter to make sure that it was clean and you do all that stuff. Right. But then again, I'm, I'm out over my skis, right? Like that's, that's as far as I've got. So then I'm sitting there at night thinking like, you know, and just spinning in my head, like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And really I, I had a professional coming the next day. Right. So I should have just let that go, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. One, because obviously, you know, there's a cost associated with things, right? So I didn't want it to be like, oh my gosh, we're going to need a new whole system here. But two, the other part is, is what if it stops working in the middle of the night, you know, and now all of a sudden we've got a 90 degree day the next day and it's hot and it's not working, you know, it's, it's the what ifs, right? And those what if scenarios. 
So, you know, and, and as people too, like we, we try to take those up. Like literally I called the person, he was coming the next day. So I did everything that I could and should be doing and he took care of it and everything's fine. The house is great right now, but I think we sit and we worry about stuff at night when we should just be able to take things off of our plate. Oh, see, and, and I don't and have other people handle it. You and know? I don't sit and worry. I would be out there like, well, I did a little bit of both, thing, right? I, I pull the thing apart and I'm like, I am bound and determined and I will be researching. We don't need this. We don't right. need this. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like I, I, I'm one of those, those people, like I will do whatever it takes to fix it and research it. And like, I, I'm just, I can't let it go. And that's, that's my downfall. I can't let it go. Um, which has made me a, a very handy person around the house. I know how sure. to patch holes in the wall. I know how to do light electrical work, light plumbing Oof. work. I have done, I've remodeled. I'm going to be calling you. I mean, I, there's certain things like I always figure with plumbing and electrical, if I touch it, I could make it worse and then it's going to cost more. Like I can do a lot of other things, but yeah, when it comes to electrical and plumbing, I'm going to be calling you, Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, I changed, I changed out, you know, all of the, you know, we needed, what are those? Um, well, I changed out like almost all of my electrical units or just the plugs in the entire house. Oh, sure. because so, they were Yeah. Sockets and yeah. Socket yeah. In the entire house. Um, um, I changed out a couple, you know, sockets cause I didn't like the way they, they functioned. Um, but when it comes to like, I, I had a fan in a room and I wanted to change where the fan was to, we had changed the way the dining room was. So I needed the, you know, the, um, chandelier and the fan to be swapped out that no, I don't do that. Um, I don't know how, and gotcha. I'm so, but I did install a fan where a chandelier used to be. Um, okay. That was just a swap out. So, and then as far as plumbing, I've, I completely remodeled an entire bathroom, um, put in a new toilet, um, did the sink, you know, all that. However, I also have two sinks that don't have shutoff valves in my lower level. I don't know how to do that. So I need a plumber to come in. You know, so there are, you know, I do light stuff. Yeah. Not the surface. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, when it comes, there's a professional, you know, you got to call in the professionals for some some stuff like, but But I think, like I said, you know, to go back, that's kind of a metaphor, though, on everything, right on life, right? Is there's, there's certain things that we can handle, like, I always think every, well, because of social media and everything else right now, people are becoming experts on everything. And I always used to laugh, like every four years, we would become political experts when there was an election year. And every time, you know, we're this and that, and everybody tries to be an expert. I mean, Heck, like, you know, listen, I have brothers and family who are doctors. Um, I certainly could go on WebMD and diagnose myself with pretty much everything ever that comes up, right? But that's going down a serious rabbit hole, right? And before you know it, I'm going to be dead next week and I'm right. I'm freaking out about that. So right. I always think like, you know, sure, like with, with what we do in finan- financial planning, estate planning, all of those pieces, right? People can can do some of these things themselves is that really the best way to do it? Right? Like, sure. I, I can, I can wrap my, if I break my arm tomorrow, I can probably wrap it in a makeshift cast at home, but is it going to heal properly for the long term? Am I going to have some serious issues with it going forward? Most likely. Yes. Right. So again, it's really, you know, 
we kind of it, it, it's it's that old metaphor like staying in your lane right like it's okay mm-hmm. to know everything and my my job and most people's job you want to educate other people right and teach right. them about stuff but you also have to trust that the professional is working in your best interest so you they educate you enough on what you need to know but that's why you hire somebody to do something else right that's right. why we hire so i hired the hvac guy to come over because he needed to fix it. I was out over my skis. I didn't know exactly what I, I was at the end. And honestly, I'm not putting Freon into my own AC unit. Like, that's what we needed. I don't know how to do that. I don't have access to Freon. I can't just go buy it somewhere. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe you can. But again, why would I need to worry about that? Right. That would be one thing. I just don't, you know, take it off my plate. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I grew up again. I'm referencing my dad. My dad said to me years ago. Um, he goes, you don't have to, you know, business owners. And my dad was not a business owner. He, he thought about it. He says, you know, all my, all my friends, you know, are business owners and I've sat around the table with them all. And, and they've asked me, why don't you run your own business? And he goes, so I told him, here's what, you know, me and my wife make a year. Should we open up our own business? And all of them went, oh, you make that not as a business owner. And he goes, "Uh uh-huh. Should we open up? And they all went, no. If no, you know, if, if you're making that, uh, not as a business owner, just don't open up your own business. And he went, okay, then I think I'll stick with where I'm at. And he, he once said to me, he goes, if you're going to run a business because they were in the real estate market. So, um, you know, his, his wife was a, a very successful agent. Um, my dad ran a, an office, um, sometimes up to 60 plus agents managed them. Um, So very much like a, you know, very much like running a a business. And he says, you don't have to be the smartest person to run a business, but you have to be smart enough to hire people who are smarter than you. 100%. And, and that has stayed with me forever. And it, and it made me realize that there are people out there who have started businesses, run businesses, who without college education. And the thing that they were smart, you know, the, the, the reason that they were so wildly successful was not because they were so unbelievably smart. It was because they were smart enough to know their own limitations. 100%. And to go to the people who were the experts in what they were the experts in. And, and that's that's the key, right? right. You, you surround yourself with better people. Like I remember, there's a quote. I can't remember who who it's attributed to, but I, my wife is is a leadership training expert, right? So I learn a lot of great things. It's always nice to have somebody like that in your household. And they always use this quote, like if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Correct. And it's so true, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I get blown away by people, colleagues, um, other professionals that come across in my own. Uh, world or other people that you know that that I choose to partner with as well too on um, different business professionals because they they bring something to the table that I can't right and I'm smart enough to know like you, you, it takes a long time to build up credibility right and a real short time to 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 ruin that credibility mm-hmm. like like that you can lose it and one of the biggest ways to ruin credibility right is pretending to know something that you have no idea about or Correct. overselling yourself and your abilities 
And, you know, that's my promise, right? Like every day I wake up and I'm like, listen, if I don't know something, I, I will tell a client or I'll tell somebody, like, listen, I don't know the answer to that yet, but I'm going to either find somebody who does, or we're going to find this out together. Right. Right. And I think most people, if you, if you recognize and realize that and you tell somebody you're, you're, you're vulnerable saying, I don't know how to do that. Um, most people will accept that. And nobody, I, I don't know. I haven't had anybody yet be like, well, I can't believe you don't know how to do this. Right. Like, no, it's mm -hmm. something we just, we can't, like I said before, you can't be everything to everybody all the time. Right. But any, and we can't know everything about everything either. Right. We, we can know a lot in all of our industries and our jobs and what we do, but um, there are always, always questions. And a lot of it is because it's changing all the time too. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why you surround yourself with really good people and, right. and, and, and good, good connections. And that's, that's important. You know, I, I think, again, like I go back to that weak link part, but it, it really is true. That's why you, you find the spots where you're missing and you try to find a patch, right. To figure out how to make that stronger. Um, I mean, that's, that's a majority, a lot of networking, right? Like I, I, I've met you at a networking event. We've done networking together. I've done, I've done a bunch of pieces of network. That's what I'm networking for, right? Like right. I'm networking to find people that can fill holes in my in my offerings or toolkit that I don't have, or, right. you know, looking at things differently or learning something new. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Dan, we are coming to time and yes. I want to ask you the question of the season. Oh boy. What would you change about your job or the practice that people have in your role or job? If you could. We talked a lot about a lot of these things here, but I think, um, Probably the, the biggest thing is that there there are some bad actors in our industry, right? And that's caused some some tainted views for people. Uh, and I can't change their behaviors, but um, I guess maybe maybe the stigma and kind of the the professionalism that that comes along with what we do. I think some of that people are fearful of that. I think they're fearful of sharing their their secrets, right? Like, and and I. I don't know, you know, I, I'm not going to go out and blab on anything, right? Like if I'm, if I'm only as good as what my client tells me and how I keep that to myself and how we, we prep for that. So um, I think that that's probably the biggest thing. The, the other part I did allude to before was about the collaborative piece. And I wish there were more people that were more collaborative. And they, I think there are um, advisors that are more willing to work together instead of be adversarial. Um, because again, I think that there's so much stuff that we can accomplish and work together on things, but everybody just wants to grab everything for themselves. And I've never been that kind of person. Cause again, like I, I focus on certain areas that I like, um, and I refer things out that I don't, uh, or don't do. Um, but I think, I think there, I wish there was more of that, I guess, more, more collaboration. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think, and, and the, our, our industry becomes siloed based by the companies that you work for. Um, sometimes, right. Because we, 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 we are told that everything here is the best way to do it or the perfect way to do it. And, right. um, and, and maybe that's because I'm independent and I can, I can work with, with anybody and I'm not beholden to a particular company or anything like that. I guess that's, that's part of it. And maybe my view is skewed on that a little bit, but again, I think that there's more of a global view on that of, of ways to collaborate more than be adversaries all the time. So, you know, and I completely agree. I, um, I think that a lot of people go independent if they are capable because they want the ability to partner with people who are in this in the same space. 
Right. And when they are with a larger corporation or organization, they are, um, I don't want to say shunned, but they are kind of slapped on the hand by, hey, wait, did you try to shove our product down their throat first? Yes. It's, and you're it's, like, it's one way. It's towing the line. It's got to be doing this correct. instead of looking at it from a different viewpoint. Correct. And I, and I believe that that with the onset of COVID and the onset of all business needs to be done a different way. And mm -hmm. it's okay to say, Hey, customer, like let's customize your product to make it exactly what you want it to look like. And that might mean working with me on this and working with my partner on this to make it a perfect, beautiful package to be, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what we want to do, right? Like right. at the end of the day, we want clients, we want businesses, we want them to succeed, and we want to give them the tools to succeed. And in order to do that, it's not just keeping everything insular in our own, right. you know, path. That we're we're trying to help them because we see that, and we see what happens when people try to do it all themselves or right. take on too much or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And and that's, you know, a lot of bad things happened with COVID, but a lot of really good things happened as well, too. And I think people are looking at the world, businesses, personal finance, mental health, all these things differently. And it's, it's you got to look at the good in that. So, yeah. you know, not that I'm this ultimate altruistic, positive, all the time person, but at the same point, I look at the last three years of our lives and I'm like, okay, like what did change for the better? And mm -hmm. those are the pieces that have yeah. finding better ways to do things. You know, I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And I think that there's also the driving force of the younger generation who is saying, hey, and it's awesome. You know, I'm, I, I wish I could say that I'm part of the younger generation still, but I'm not. But I do see that their influence is, yeah. is And we are starting to recognize that influence of that younger generation saying, hey, wait, can we do this a little bit different? Can we be a little softer on the, the corporate structure? Can we, um, well, and of course, you know, the whole softer in the corporate structure, you know, all of a sudden you can show up to a networking meeting in jeans and, you know, <laughs> and it's like, wow, everybody's wearing jeans. This is kind of cool. I don't have to wear these uncomfortable dress pants that make me feel like I'm, and, and it's, it's wildly accepted in so many circles and it anyways, I digress. If no, somebody... no, 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 it's, it's totally true. But yeah, yeah. It's, like I said, that every generation I think can learn something from previous generations Absolutely. or from the next generation as well too. And that's the thing I think is there's a lot of people that disrespect older individuals. They call people boomers, right? The millennials were a bad word and all this stuff. And it's like, when you get down to the core of it, it's about what they were groomed and grown up in, mm -hmm. right? That changed them and made them who they are. But there's, you know, there's a there's a thousand different ways to do things. What we need to do is look at best practices from all of those and kind of make that an a generational system. I mean, telling my 79 year old mother that she's getting on Zoom calls now, I'm like, that's just shocking, right? But <laughs> I love it. Like right. ten, five, three years ago, she never would have gotten on a Zoom call. Now she does. So oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Oh, my grandparents. So. Um, my grandmother has since passed, but they were doing FaceTime. I mean, I could only see like an eyeball or a nose, but they were like trying to or do an ear. <laughs> right? 
Like they were like, okay, guys, wait, you need to move it farther. But they were doing like face. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're in your 80s and you're doing FaceTime. Like this is so cool. Like it is, yeah. it is, it is. It shows that they're willing to learn even till that age as well too. Right. So yeah. So if somebody wanted so, to reach out yeah. to you, how would they go about contacting you? Sure. So um, I will give you my phone number here. So my phone number is 262-853-4541. And if you don't want to talk to me directly, sometimes I know people can worry about that as well. They can shoot me an email. Um, So my email is my full name. So it's Daniel Stick. So D-A-N-I-E-L-S-T-I-C-H at F-F-I-G.com. And that stands for Futurity First Insurance Group. That's where we, that's the agency behind the scenes. So excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for coming on and talking with me today. I've really enjoyed it. This Um, was awesome. Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's do it on a different topic someday, right? That would be awesome. All right. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.